What's going on, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Ask Tony Show. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Boy, am I excited for today's interview. Today's guest, we've been going back and forth on social media saying, hey, when are we going to do this interview? And we finally made it happen. We have in the house author, published author, Parker Wilson. Parker, thank you so much for being here, my man. Hey, I'm really glad to be here, Tony. This is great. I'm so excited to learn about your process, your background. Off camera, we were talking a little bit about, you know, I have a lot of friends that are published authors, but it's so different because most of the people that I know, when they publish a book, they, they talk about real estate, they talk about business, sometimes it's self-help, and so they're really speaking kind of from their own experience, but it's completely different to create a world, create characters. So let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Uh, who is Parker Wilson? All right. Yeah. So a little bit about me. I, I'm first thing you got to know about me is that I'm a major like enthusiast for books and writing. Uh, I've loved to read and write ever since I was, I was a kid. Uh, so that's a little bit about my passion for the book. Uh, I'm I'm a local author of Vineyard, Utah, uh, self-publishing my first book, Excalibur's Pendragon, which Tony has a copyright here. And yeah, this is the first book I've ever I've ever fully written and published. And there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, success with it so far that I'm happy with. And I'm just really grateful to be here today to talk to you about my creative process. Yeah, thank you for your time. So let's start from the beginning. Where does the idea come from to write a book? I feel like writing a book is one of those things that a lot of people would like to do, but very few people actually do. So where is this born and where, where is, does this idea come from to even be an author in the first place? Right. I think that's a really good question. And I think to really fully understand that, I think it comes from the perspective of or at least my perspective when I was a 12-year-old kid, I loved reading books. I loved reading Harry Potter, uh, the Fablehaven series, and just about any book that kind of captivated my imagination just because when you're a kid, or at least, I, I don't know, I was the kind of kid that uh, was captivated and drawn to stories about far-off worlds. Even if they were Even if they were a lot like the real world, I was still drawn to it. And that got me thinking, well, what if all these ideas that are coming in my head, what if I can put that onto paper? And I think the reason why I stuck with writing over the course of time was because I feel like it had it was just, it was this really wonderful outlet for me. I'm a creative person. I love to problem solve. I love to build things uh, in, in a lot of different mediums. And that ultimately uh, is what, pushed me to finish this book aside from the awesome motivation I got from from family and friends who knew I was writing and uh, when I shared my the early manuscript with people who before it was published when I did like public readings that's kind of what bolstered my desire to see it through to the end because it was the manuscript for this book was was really close to being done but it still had some work mm -hmm. but uh, I, it was such a rewarding feeling when I finally, when I finally decided, Hey, I can take advantage of, I can take advantage of all the resources that are available today to, to self publish a book, uh, like Amazon, KDP, Barnes and Noble press, and just about, just about every other self publishing resource that there is. 
and voila, there's the book that you have right there. Here it is. All right. I love it. And I've always found it so interesting and intriguing. And I've for a while now, and I, I've, I've mentioned this to Ray, I've wanted to talk to an author because to me, that process of developing an entire world in your head with characters and plots and those characters have personalities. I mean, you basically create an entire world in your head. And I can imagine the how rewarding it would be to when you put it out there and then people think it's cool, right? Or people start to buy into it. They start to get into the characters. So tell us a little bit about the book. Who are some of the characters? One of the things that I love about literature is that even when it's fiction, there's a message behind it. There's something that the author wants to convey through the story. So talk to us a little bit about who is in this book, who's the main character. Tell us a little bit. Okay, so the entire premise for this book is built upon Arthurian legend bridged with Celtic mythology. Now, the overall idea is that before King Arthur, there were people, predecessors to King Arthur, who bore the title Pendragon. Now, Pendragon, uh, if you look back further in European like mythology or history, isn't so much a name as a title. And what that means is chieftain warrior. So if this title be can be carried by one person, a prominent uh, historically, a historical character that could have been a warlord back in the fifth century, if this, if this title could have been had by other people in the past, what if it can be inherited by someone in the modern day? And that's where this, that's where we get into the, into the story's main protagonist. Uh, his name is Ryan Walker. And uh, I, this is kind of a, a young adult fiction story for, for people in high school. Uh, but I feel like Ryan is really easy to connect with for a lot of different people because uh, every, every character has a, tri a trial or their inner or a dragon to face in the story, especially if we're talking about a fantasy mm -hmm. story. Uh, right now, the character Ryan is figuring out how to cope with how to cope with loss of a of a loved one in his family, mm -hmm. and also kind of the the loss of his personality that resulted from that. And um, I think that I think that for me personally, that was an important topic to go into uh, because it's a very common problem. It's a common issue these days for people to struggle with difficult emotions. And what better way? What better way to? I, I don't know. There, there are there are lots of ways. There's a lots of ways of going about it. But I feel like I wrote this character so that people who felt like they struggle with those, um, they struggle with these hard times in their lives. They they don't have to feel like they have to remain stuck in the difficult emotions. Yeah. So through the story, they can learn ways to cope, ways to manage through their relationship yeah. with Ryan. Let me ask you an interesting question. I've read a lot of backstory on certain authors from Tolkien to uh, you know J.K. Rowling, and they all mention their relationship to the main character. Tolkien talks about his relationship with Frodo. Uh, you, you know, J.R. talks about her relationship with Harry and with Ron. What is your relationship with Ryan? Why Ryan? Where did he come from? And again, th this is what fascinates me because it's fiction, but it's very real. Oh, yeah. Tolkien yeah. talks about his relationship with Frodo, and he's, he's like, I feel like he's my best friend. 
you know, and throughout his life, it was Frodo was was an integral part of his life. So what is your relationship with Ryan? Yeah, I feel like my relationship with Ryan is someone that I could potentially look up to when I have similar similar things going on in my life and how and uh, writing this character in a way or rather as this character kind of developed in my mind, he was like my. Uh, he he in, in some ways became like a life coach for me, not because he was giving me advice, but because of how he chose to respond to difficult situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this story is it's clearly like a chosen one stereotype, mm-hmm. but I also like to I also kind of like to make it more real life saying, well, he's a chosen one. But what if he's presented with the opportunity to choose otherwise? Okay. And uh I kind of like to dissect this chosen one stereotype and try to put a little bit more real life, uh, real life realism to it, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, so that it becomes more relatable to the reader. Right? Yeah. Now, talk to me from from the beginning. When you start writing, you go through this creative process. I asked you before, how different is this book from the one that maybe you initially intended? So, what goes into that process? Do you? What is your process? Do you take notes? Do you write things down? How do you organize your thoughts? Because you're creating this world with characters that have their own stories and they have their own you know, personalities. So how do you keep all of that organized so that when this happens, it flows? Like there, there's an actual line that you can follow. Because I think about if I was doing this, I would lose my train of thought. If I'm trying to plot you know, 15 or 16 different characters, how do they all relate with each other? And then this plot twist, and there, I mean, it just seems so overwhelming. So how do you, how did you go about that process of organizing it so that once you wrote it, it all made sense? Right. It's a really good question because uh, this, I feel like when you're writing a book and you have that many characters, you're like the director of a show. And you have to be able to figure out where everyone fits into the story. You may have... You may have like the main characters who have like a very specific purpose, even though it's not necessarily stated. And then you have like other supporting characters, but every character has a relationship to someone. And especially in this story, you have a lot of characters, but if you don't figure out their relationships with each other, and if you don't figure out how to study real life relationships and and figure out okay if this relationship uh was in this specific story and facing this specific scenario Mm. how would that really fold out right exactly which is which to me is is the fascinating part because one character's actions can influence another character and so how you weave all of that together to me is absolutely fascinating so did you find yourself what what is your format would you just type notes on the computer? Would you write things down? Would you find yourself doing a lot of writing in the evening time, in the daytime? What What is that creative process more like? Yeah, I, I wish I could say I had it all figured out. It's a work in progress even right now. Uh, but I think regardless of the time of day or like the time of year, there has to be, uh, there has to be, how do I put this? like a little bit of trial and error you have to like starting out starting out uh you can conceive the idea for the character but you have to recognize that 
um, eventually it's going to change a little bit. If uh, if you write a book with the intention not to change anything at all, it's it's not going to progress. You have to it's have not some flexibility. Progress. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think one thing that helps me to keep track of it is first like being organized, like keeping track of my notes on a computer mm-hmm. and maybe even writing things down that don't go into the manuscript itself, like uh, writing out character personalities mm-hmm. and then using that as a, as a guide per se to uh, for the for the rest of the story, the like story. you you have to you have to know your characters, and you have to know and you have to project how they're going to develop, and re- and be a, be an actor in this play. Yeah, I love that. And we were also talking off camera about the time, which is something that I have been really learning a lot about lately, and I've come to the re- realization that you know good things take time. It takes. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't even take months. It takes years to actually get something and to get it right. So, talk to us about that. How long did it take you to write this book from beginning to end? What were some of the trials? Did you ever feel like quitting? Did you maybe put it off for a season? What was that like for you personally? Good question. Because I I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer or like even a comic book writer when I was a kid, and that was what. Uh, 15 years ago ish and there was a lot of there was a lot of work I had to do on my own to figure this out sure I had a lot of great resources like going to school learning how to write in the first place reading books to be inspired by other authors who had gone through that quest uh, th- that quest that I'm that I wanted to go through and there were times where I did put it aside just because um, just because life got busy, um, there, there's a time and a season for things, uh, except for when now when I'm really committed to this. And I think first off, having making that decision and deciding, okay, this book is going to become a reality. Having that, having that goal and not and not backing down from it. Uh, I don't know whether it's being too. I don't. I don't know whether it's being too stubborn. You gotta. Ha- you gotta be a gotta little be bit a stubborn. Little bit, yes, you you gotta be a little bit stubborn, even especially when like you know, uh, there are a lot of different options in life for like, for for uh, finding that kind of creative outlet or like temporary temporary relief, like, uh, or just like taking care of everyday responsibilities. Yeah, just life. Yeah, just life. life gets in the way right yeah. so sometimes you have to make sacrifices or like you said be stubborn if you have to be able to write at 2 a.m that's what you have to yeah. do and so a certain level of i think persistence and true belief in the thing yes belief in the story yeah. and believe that this has value and if somebody else can read this they're going to enjoy it they're going to learn something it's going to be something positive i love the word stubborn because too often that can have a negative connotation but I mean, stubborn is just, you're, you're, you're just there all the time. You're not going to quit. If you think of a stubborn person, they won't move. They won't change their ways. They're, they're, they're just on this idea, and we can often see that as negative. But I think that when you're talking about something like this, it's being stubborn in the sense of this is going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to happen. Yeah. Regardless of what life throws at me, if it takes me one year, if it takes me five years, it is going to happen no matter what. Right. And you brought up something else, too, like that feeling that other readers can have who can be benefited from this too. I felt like if I was going to write this story, I had to personally benefit from it as well. So um, that is probably another way, another reason why the book was completed in the first place, because I found something that helped me 
it, it, it wasn't this wasn't just a hobby. This was also like a really good coping like mechanism for uh, for me to for me to address life when it, when it got hard sure. sometimes. Which to me is also so interesting that you wrote it yet the text taught you something. Yeah. Like to me that that is so amazing in the sense I mean just when you think about it it's like I wrote this but yet I learned from this. Right? So what are what are a few lessons that you have learned from Excalibur's Pendragon? What what are even though it came from your brain, what have you learned from this book? That's a really good question. I think one of the really important lessons I learned from writing this story or that I that I studied and eventually taught me. And it even reteaches me that because I can be a forgetful some guy sometimes when life when life comes around, like sometimes you forget the lessons that you that you wrote down in your book sometimes. But one of the lessons that I think this book reminds me and helps me focus on is that everyone, everyone has their own battle, battle to face. And that's really important for a character who feels like they're going through a hard time mm-hmm. because it, it can have a, it can it can be a little bit self-absorbing. But when they begin to look outward and see how other people are fighting their own battles that gives them the courage to go you know what i can fight my battle because that's what this person did for me like even if it's yeah. a fictional character exactly yeah which is which is awesome yeah. i love that the I love that. one of ryan is an important character in the book but his father his father george um he's he's probably the hero of the story and you'll see why as the book progresses i don't want to give any spoilers yeah. it's just like george is George is the pivotal character. He is the pivotal character. Yeah. yeah, and he's just a normal guy. That's the thing. He's n- he doesn't have all these magical powers or anything which is like key. That. Yeah, right. Which right. is key. So you can be an everyday dude and still be the hero of the story, right? Exactly. I love that. I love that. Let's dive into the actual process of writing a book. So, from how much does it cost, mm. the editing, all of the logistics behind it. If there's somebody listening that sees this and says, "Man," I want to do that. I have a story maybe when they were 15 years old and it's kind of been marinating yeah. and they haven't done it. What does that process entail from the conception of the idea to you're sitting right here with a published book? Right. So for the actual like production of the manuscript, uh, we'll start with there. Yes. Um, r- this book is about two, uh, 270 to 300 uh, pages or so. Um, with with a decent amount of words in each one, I can't remember the word count, mm-hmm. but at the end of the book, I'm going, "Wow, these are a lot of words." <laughs> yeah, a- and yeah, um, I think having pa- having uh, having multiple drafts, multiple drafts, because there is a beauty to just getting your ideas out there. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people are reluctant to write in the first place because they don't think it's going to be good. Of course, right. it's not going to be good at first. I mean, unless unless you like refine the idea, like it starts out as a as a seed and then you grow it over time. Yeah, but that's with yeah. anything. That's that, with a podcast, with videos. The first one's not going to be great. Right? You have to continue to do that. So you have yeah. your drafts. Do you have editors? Do you edit once once you have the first rough draft? What's the next step? Right. Yeah. So like when I feel like when I feel like it's it's uh, ready for editing, um, the first for this book, the first. The first uh, editing source I went to was a was a online uh, editing service that I did, and 
you have to do a little bit of trial and error to see like who is going to be a good editor for your book. Uh, they they did a they did a good job. Uh, they did a good they did a good job at first, and but post production, I had another really good friend who picked up the book and read it, and he and he said, "Oh, I really like this, but here's some things that uh, could use some improvement." And he's now kind of my 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 he's editor, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I think I think that just came about because I started I started this idea. Um, I just went through it. There was going to be some. Uh, it, it, it's still a work in progress, sure. but uh, fearing that I was going to make a mistake and and not and not doing it because of it, that would have held me back a lot. So that's my advice to that's my advice to current. Um, future authors is go on and, and just pursue it and whatever mistakes come along the way those will teach you how to do it better the next yeah, time I mean, you got to believe in your, in your story you have to believe in your talent as a writer which often that self-doubt can be crippling for a lot of people there's this imposter syndrome of you know i'm not the the tolkien's or i'm not the jk rowling's or i'm not the c.s lewis or, right. or whatever it is right these iconic authors but at the end of the day i think it's you don't have to be Right. Just be yourself. And if you believe in your story, then be stubborn, like you said before, and work to see it through. So you mentioned that you self-published. For those that don't know what that means, what's the difference between I just published it and I self-published it? Good good question. So nowadays there are two main ways of getting a book published. There's the traditional way that's been done for years where you have a publi another publisher, someone else, like a big publishing uh, company or someone who is willing to invest a in both the production of the book and also the marketing and and everything that the writer wouldn't necessarily be doing aside from writing the book. Uh, Self-publishing gives that power uh, or that responsibility to the author. And here, here are the benefits that come from doing that. Um, when you're a self-published author, you maintain a lot of you maintain full creative rights, so to speak. And I mean, like there are pros and cons to each each one of these two approaches. But so, so yeah. if you go, if I may, so if you go to a normal publisher, they get your book. They could chop it up however they want. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, because they're the ones who decide whether or not mm, to publish it. Because they're paying the bills. So exactly. all of a sudden, at the end, your book could look very different from what maybe you intended it to be because of that creative power that they have above even the author right correct i mean and essentially they will tell you they're, they're not going to blindside you they will tell you what things that they will want you to change in mm -hmm. order to in order to publish the book based on the experience they have and seeing what what works or not mm -hmm. but if you feel like if you feel like you know just as much as them on how to do that why not why not take advantage of resources that help you to just publish the book yourself and that's why um, that's why I leapt at the opportunity to publish on Amazon KDP and Barnes and Noble Press because it's free to do that oh, it's, it's free, it's free. Wow. yeah okay. like granted like when you publish and when you start actually selling when you start making the books uh, for order uh, they do on-demand printing so they do take out a percentage but you maintain more of the royalties as well and that's another thing that traditional publishing does too. They take out more of the they're royalties. Gonna take a, yeah, they're going to they're going to take a their cut. Which, yeah, yeah. What what would that normally be? Um, on average, do you know? 
They'll take maybe 40, 50, 60%. Something like that. High, but high percentage. A high percentage. But with Amazon KDP, I mean, it's one of the best resources. And that, that book you have right there is printed through Amazon, Amazon KDP. Amazon KDP. I, I maintain roughly 60% of royalties for every book that is printed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And how do you come up with what the book is going to be sold at? Is it sold exclusively on Amazon? Is it mm. sold in other places? Right. Yeah, because, I mean, you bring up a really good point. Be, uh, if you if you do exclusively through Amazon, Amaz like through especially for their uh, Kindle books, mm. especially through their Kindle books, they will they will promote your book more than if you if you hadn't done it exclusively through Which them. Which makes sense because yeah. you use their service. Right. Okay. But then you lose the opportunity to publish Kindle books, uh, uh, not Kindle books, e-books through like Barnes & Noble, which is another opportunity. Uh, so right now I, I have – right now I'm on the fence right now figuring out whether to be exclusive with Amazon at least for e-books. Mm -hmm. But the, imp the important thing right now is that aside from like who my distributor's distributor is, knowing things like where to buy my ISBN number, which is what tracks, what tracks like the sales for books and stuff mm – -hmm. Like you can like knowing things like if you own your ISBN number instead of take the one that Amazon provides to you, you can sell your book on multiple platforms instead oh, of okay. just on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, and all those nuances are important, right? Because at the end of the day, to some degree, even though it is a creative job, there's also a money play behind it. I mean, I would assume that you want to see a financial benefit from from all of your work, right? Now, now you mentioned that this is the first book, but it's not the last book. So tell us what is in your plans, what is next, when does the next book come out, how far into that process are you? Yeah, um, I want to write four more books in this series. So Excalibur's Pendragon is the first installment of what I call the Ethervard Legacy. And I, I say four books right now. I'm working, on the, I'm working on the second book right now as we speak. And maybe it's an aggressive goal right now, but I'm hoping by the end of 2024 I might have the second book, the second book out. I already have most of the books uh, structured out, uh, and and the rest are in my and the rest are in my head. But it's I've already published this one, and I'm having a ton of success uh, selling it, uh, selling it at different places, uh, even even like at Evermore Park, which is a really fun yeah. farmers market That's on Saturday nice. mornings. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like expect expect more books to come, and. When I'm done writing this series, uh, maybe there will be another one to come. Uh, we'll just we'll just see how this goes. That's, that's so cool. I love that, and I love the fact that you say the other ones. They're already in my head. Like it's it's already there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Right? And so, what is the end goal? I mean, is is the end goal? Would you like to eventually see this in movie form? Oh, good question. You know, because I mean, for I I, I would assume for many authors that write these these kinds of books, fiction books, fantasy books. That that's an attractive play, right? To all of a sudden want to be the next Lord of the Rings or the next Maze Runner or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a thrilling prospect. And in fact, when I was a kid, my next door neighbor, uh, he he owned a film studio and said, "Hey, when you're done with this, let's turn it into a movie." <laughs> so that actually uh, kept that was another contributor to my motivation potentially seeing this as a movie. Yeah, that would be so cool. But um, I think there's a magic to having the story exist in book format mm -hmm. too. Something that you can't get out from a movie. Uh, even though a, a movie a movie like you can get the whole story within 2 hours and you and you can see like a portrayal 
of the characters on the live screen, and it and it kind of feels more real to you. But there's so much that's left out. Exactly. I, mean, I yeah. read the Lord of the Rings books, and there's so, so much. So much, yes. So, I mean, so many events, so many. There's just so much that was not in the movies, yeah. even though it was three movies that were four hours each, even in a 12-hour time, time frame, it's not enough. So I completely agree. I mean, I, when you go to write a movie, you're going to have to cut a lot of stuff out. You really have to take the, the bare minimums, just the most important things, to put it into a feature film. But I think that, I mean... If I put myself in your shoes, I think that would be awesome. You know, to go see the movie of your book, I get excited, let alone you, of that potential idea in the future. Yeah, yeah, and and a few other people too, because there have been a few people who have read this book and they say, "I want to see this as a movie." So yeah, it's pretty fun. That's so cool. So Parker, how can people support you? How can people find you? Uh, obviously, I think you bring a wealth of knowledge to people that want to write books, people that are maybe kind of stuck in that process. So where can people plug into you? Where can people find you? Um, I have a lot of different mediums. They can find me uh, on my website first, which is parkercwilson.co. Uh, then there is my Instagram account, parker parker underscore wilson underscore three. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add author into that one of these days to make it easier. <laughs> you gotta do it yeah. now. You gotta own it. That yeah. that is what you yeah. are, my friend. Right. But um, if uh, another another. People can find my book just by Googling it, and it'll show up. And they can find, they can find the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And if if they like the book and they want to leave a review, that that is really helpful because because uh, that that is one thing that authors uh, really crave is like getting feedback so that they can first off know know like how they're doing and maybe how they might uh, go with the next few books, but also to help the book keep getting read because when when one book is when when readers see that a book is being read they will want to keep reading it but yeah. um th- if if there isn't if people need an incentive to know to read this book or to at least get it for like say their kids i've already had several several uh, readers come back to me with feedback uh young readers even old readers saying that they sit through the book in two days or a week or a week or two weeks. It's a page turner. And it's a page turner, uh, apparently. Yes, Not to brag, that. but I mean I work yeah, I worked sure. on this and I'm now the I'm now seeing the fruits from my labors yeah. now. People people are getting back and I'm convinced that that if they invest their time in this book, they will not only have a good time, but I feel like they will have insight on just going about life. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's super important. And it's different when you say it versus when a reader says it. They read it. They yeah. loved it. They said, hey, I couldn't put this down. I, I can't imagine how rewarding that would be to you. How much does this book cost on, on Amazon? On Amazon, it's it's on Amazon at seventeen ninety nine. Okay, Same with Barnes and Noble. So yeah. here's what we're gonna do, guys. I'm gonna buy ten copies of this book. And when this episode comes out, we're gonna give away ten copies of your book, Parker. So if you guys are listening to this, DM me first come first serve, first ten people that reach out and say, I want my copy. The Ask Tony Show is going to buy 10 copies and give them away to continue to push your book, Parker. And I'm willing to sign those copies, too. And sign copies, guys. Sign copies. So when this becomes a movie in 2031, the whole series, you're going to have a signed copy of the original. So 10 copies are going to all of our listeners. First come, first serve. Shoot me a DM, and we will get you your book. Parker, thank you so much for being here. Is there any, any closing remarks that you'd like to to leave the audience. Just that for any authors who are trying to 
for any any future authors who are questioning whether or not they can do it, I believe in you. You just keep sticking with it and just just see how it goes. You never know what will happen. Be stubborn. Be stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Be stubborn and believe in your story. Thank you so much, Parker. Guys, this has been another episode of the Ask Tony Show. Remember, 10 copies, first come, first serve. Shoot me a DM, and we'll see you guys next time.